All right, all right, all right. Another week and another conference preview. It's running for the roses. I'm Ryan Bapalukas. I'm joined by Lucas Rohde. And Lucas, coming off of our ACC preview last week, it's time to jump into another chaotic conference. It's the Big 12 week, but first of all, uh, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Um, I've been in Pennsylvania now the last three or four days. So makes sense. We finished the ACC and now I'm on like the East Coast um, for our next uh, yeah. review. So, um, but no, been good. Just visiting uh, some of the girlfriend's family and things like that. But uh, no, I was really excited. I had a ton of fun previewing the ACC, as I mentioned before, just really refreshing to talk about teams and games and players and stuff like that with all this uh, realignment BS. So I'm and uh, as we were kind of talking before the pod, Big 12 looks to be very interesting, as it always is, but I think even more interesting this year. Yeah, so let's just kind of jump right in here. We've got we've got 10 teams. We'll be talking for the next hour plus. Before <laughs> we jump into the, kind of the individual teams, Baylor is your defending Big 12 champion. They beat Oklahoma State in a what was a really, really fun conference championship game last December. Lucas, traditionally, this conference has been Oklahoma at the top, Kansas at the bottom, and then just a, a hogwash in in the middle. Um, but this league this year, I don't recall it ever being as chaotic. Like you, when we were doing the research, every team you had question marks. Every team you either had a new coach, you have a new quarterback, new coordinators, whatever it is. Um, so I guess when you were kind of doing your research, when you were just kind of prepping for today's pod, what jumped out to you about the conference kind of from an overarching view? Yeah, I think, as you mentioned before, you know, Oklahoma's kind of been the the standard for the Big 12. I know they didn't win it last year, but, you know, with, with Lincoln Riley leaving and the amount of player movement that they had both with guys, as you know, most notably with players leaving, but with players coming in, um, it really kind of sets up the Big 12 to be kind of almost not necessarily a crapshoot this year, but, you know, every, like you mentioned, every team has questions, even stable programs like, you know, Oklahoma state, you know, they lose a lot on defense. They lost a defensive, their defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles to um, Oklahoma state, Iowa state, who's been kind of stable the last few years. Uh, they replaced basically some of the best players in their program, uh, kind of at every position in all but one year. So like you mentioned, it's kind of similar to the ACC that we previewed last week, I think. But except we don't really have really a clear front runner. Um, it's you can make an argument some of these teams could be five and seven, and you could also I could also hear an argument that they could be contending to be in the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. We'll go over each team's over under kind of during their section, but you have three teams in the league. Oklahoma, Texas, and Oklahoma State, the, their number is eight and a half. And that's the highest in this conference. There's no team with yeah. a double-digit win total. There's no team even with a nine or nine and a half. And then you have you have Baylor at seven and a half. You have six teams, or you have three teams at six and a half, two teams at five and a half, and then Kansas at two and a half. So it's <laughs> it's I think what Vegas is telling us is that they expect a lot of mediocrity. They expect a lot of yeah. like nine and threes to six and sixes, which is kind of what I think it'll be as well. So I'm really interested to kind of break down team by team. So um let's jump into it. We'll start with the Oklahoma Sooners. Um Lincoln Riley leaves. After the Bedlam game last year, he goes to take uh, the job at USC. He takes Caleb Williams. Spencer Rattler transfers to South Carolina. 
this is an Oklahoma team, Lucas, that loses a lot. They have lost over uh, nearly 400 career starts, 68% of them on offense. Um, we talked a little bit in the ACC preview about how you'll see a lot of teams that in their with their first year head coach, mercenary teams, right? Teams that hit the portal really hard, a lot of new faces. Oklahoma, I mean, first might just be the the biggest example of that, right? You uh, you have Dylan Gabriel, who is expected to be the starting quarterback, um, but this is a team that has lost a ton, and it's it's lost a ton. Um, so what are your, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the Oklahoma Sooners? Yeah. Like you mentioned, just kind of a, a lot of question marks, obviously a new head coach, you know, Brett Venables has been one of the best defensive coordinators for a long time, uh, both when he was at Oklahoma and then obviously most, most recently at Clemson. And I'm interested to see the, the type of, of culture and everything he brings just with a defensive mind with Lincoln Riley running it the last four years um, I do expect them to be, you know, somewhat better on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and I do think they are going to actually be pretty fun to watch offensively. I think bringing in offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy from, from Ole Miss, he was previously at, at UCF, um, when they were scoring, you know, 40 to 50 points a game. I think Ole Miss last year ran the second most plays on average, um, per game in entire FBS. So they want to move very, very fast. They bring back, you know, Dylan Gabriel, who transfers from UCF. Him and Levy um, put up uh, huge numbers uh, their one year uh, together um, in 2018. So I think they could be really fun. They still got, um, you know, Marvin Mims, um, super dynamic wide receivers coming back for his sophomore year. Like I said, I think they do have some pieces to work with, um, on defense. Um, their secondary should be good. They don't have a ton of returning um, on the defensive line, uh, but did bring in, you know, a couple of transfers, Jonah uh, Laula uh, from Hawaii, Jeffrey Johnson, um, who I believe was a four-year starter at Tulane. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they, they mix and match. Um, that being said, Oklahoma is still going to be probably the most talented team just recruiting wise. Um, they recruited, you know, top 10 classes, usually the last four years under Lincoln Riley. Um, so I think that will be interesting if their offense can improve and, you know, if their, or if their defense can improve. Um, but if their offense can kind of, uh, you know, I think their offense were kind of underrating it because of Lincoln Riley losing. They lost Caleb Williams um, and a bunch of guys to USC. But I remember last year, this offense was good, but it wasn't your typical kind of Lincoln-Riley sure. offense. They did struggle um, a bit at times. I mean, they played two quarterbacks. Um, so I, I do think getting Levy um, could bring a, a breath of fresh air to this offense. Yeah, if you look at the returning production, they have 1% of their passing yards coming back. They have 27% of their rushing yards, 48% of their receiving yards and 30% of their offensive line starts. They also lose five NFL draft picks on defense. Here's an interesting stat from the state of the program uh, on The Athletic. Oklahoma's returning players, 222 career starts. Oklahoma's transfer portal additions, 218 career starts. Uh, so Brett Menables clearly hit the portal hard and hit the portal hard with veteran impact players. And I think that was that was a an emphasis for them because they do know that this is a team that can win the conference right away. I mean, yeah. 
Big 12 is super, you know, um, it's super, it's very chaotic. I mean, it's, 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 um, year to year, you just, you just don't know. You had two kind of outsiders play for the conference championship last year with Baylor and Oklahoma, or Oklahoma State. And I think they realized that with a veteran quarterback, you have Eric Gray back uh, at running back. You do lose Kennedy Brooks. Lucas mentioned Marvin Mims. They also have three transfers uh, coming in at wide receiver. There's a lot of turnover. Anytime you have a first-year coach, there's going to be a lot of turnover either way. But it seems like Oklahoma brought in um, some really veteran players from the portal Mm -hmm. and guys that have a lot of starts. And I think that's going to be key for Brent Venables uh, in his first year in Norman. Um, The out-of-conference schedule includes UTEP, Kent State at home. They'll go at Nebraska, where they will beat the Cornhuskers 23-17. I mean, (laughs) just a heartbreaker for Nebraska. The Big 12 home slate, Kansas State, Kansas, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. They'll get Texas and Dallas. On the road in the Big 12, TCU, Iowa State, West Virginia, in Texas Tech. The over-under at FanDuel Sportsbook is 8.5. The over, minus 165. The under is uh, plus 140. So, Lucas, um, as we kind of wrap up Oklahoma, your uh, your pick for over or under 8.5 wins for the series? Yeah, I think I'm going to go uh, over uh, for 8.5 wins. Um, I think this is a team that could win 10 games this year. Their non-conference, I don't think, is extremely intimidating. Yeah, Nebraska gave them uh, – uh, a close game last year in Norman, but nothing as someone who watches Nebraska fairly often as a Big Ten fan. Until they uh, can prove that, you know, they can close out close games and not win or not lose games in just horrific fashion every time. Um, I still think that's I think that's a very winnable game. And as I mentioned, they could be potentially looking at their schedule. Maybe be, they could probably be favored in all 12 of these games. Um, just because like we said, um, you can make an army for Texas, but Oklahoma is probably still the most talented team, um, from a talent standpoint in this league. Um, and I think Brent Venables will bring a toughness to that defense that it hasn't had, um, in some time. And like I said, I I like the combination of Jeff Levy, um, and Dylan Gabriel reuniting uh, here in uh, Norman. I'm in agreement with you. I'm going to take the over as well. I, um, for a lot of the reasons you said, I I think when you look at this team, you know, you mentioned they're going to be favored in basically every game. I think the only team in conference that can compete with them on a talent basis is Texas. That's on a neutral, obviously. Um, some of the more upper echelon teams in this league, as we'll get to, they have a lot of questions about them. Oklahoma state loses a ton and their defensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. you know, Baylor, which we'll get to soon. Um, they are basically left Jerry Bohaman and went to their backup quarterback, despite yeah. them winning double digit games in the Big Twelve last year. Um, so I, to me, this is an it's an easy like the floor is nine and three. If you if you assume they win all their non conference games, um, you could lose three games in the conference and still hit this over. Um, yeah. So I would take this over as well. And I, I think Oklahoma is going to, th- I, I, I think it's a 10 and two team. Like, yeah, I think if you, if you were to ask me, what's the specific record, I think 10 and two makes a lot of sense for this team. Maybe you slip up at TCU or at Iowa state, maybe you lose red river to Texas. Um, but even if you do, if you slip up twice, you're still going to go 10 and two, probably going to find yourself 
in the Big 12 championship game. All right, let's get to the Texas Longhorns. Uh, five and seven in 2021, Steve Sarkeesian's first season. It was a season that started off well, four and one, and then they finished one and six, six straight losses for the first time since 1956. And obviously all eyes will be on quarterback Quinn Ewers, who transfers from Ohio State. The people that probably listen to this pod who are in college football know all about Quinn Ewers, a very prominent quarterback in the 2021 class, reclassified, enrolled early at Ohio State, basically played in one game and and I don't think through even through a pass in in you know garbage time. And he transfers back to Texas. Uh, loaded on offense, Lucas, questions on defense, the revenge game in Lawrence in November, Texas and Kansas. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Uh, what are your, uh, what are your impressions on the, uh, the Texas Longhorns? Uh, I love that. Uh, I think like Kansas last, like two conference wins have been against Texas, um, over the last like five years, but no, kind of, kind of like you said, loaded on, loaded on offense, very interesting sequinaires. I mean, you think about it, the guy hasn't played quarterback since what his junior year of high school. So, yeah. And you talk about his second start ever might be against Alabama <laughs> um, at home. But no, I mean, you really like the, the skill position talent because if he's good, he's going to have weapons around him. Obviously, uh, Bijan Robinson is going to be another Heisman contender this year. A um, little bit of questions, I think, about their offensive line. Uh, you know, I was reading they could have potentially two true freshmen starting on their offensive line, which they were both five-star caliber players. But that's a lot, I think, especially at that position, to ask a true freshman to come in um, and play at a high level. Um, but you mentioned kind of the, the defense. This, uh, this defense was terrible last year, um, especially against the run, allowed about a little over five yards per carry um, and 200 uh, yards thing is they do bring you know their top four uh, linebackers um, are coming back uh, one of their best tacklers last year um, you know Anthony Cook they're actually moving him to safety uh, which could kind of sure up that zone and you know we kind of mentioned last week just some interesting transfers I think another one is uh, is Tucker Dorsey uh, he's a he was an FCS once again another FCS All-American um, from James Madison um, had over, uh, um, just had uh, kind of crazy numbers up there and is uh, using his graduate year to transfer up to the high level and could be an impact player for them. Um, but still, that defense, I just think the biggest thing is, can they play physical? I feel like the, the issue yeah. with Texas has been so soft the last few years. Um, but and I still think that might be the case. But I think they do have the offense to win shootouts if, if need be. And I think the interesting thing about the physicality, Lucas, that you just brought up was there are the upper echelon teams in this conference are physical, right? Baylor is physical. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma state's physical. Iowa state's physical. All those teams obviously have questions. They all have to replace key players, but those are teams that aren't afraid to line up with, you know, a tight end or two in the I formation or in the pistol, whatever it is now and, and, and run it down your throats. And Texas could not stop anybody yeah. last year uh, on the ground. Um, quick glance at the returning production, 22% of the passing yards, 92% of the rushing yards, 67% of the receiving yards. This might be the best backfield in the country. Roshan Johnson, Bijan Robinson, and then Kalen Robinson, um, stacked Xavier worthy. I'll bring up another transfer from Wyoming, Isaiah Neor. Mm -hmm. Um, they also got the Alabama tight end transfer, Jaheel Billingsley, 
um, skill positions, this is probably the best unit in the conference. And I, I and, and I think like if you were to ask me who are some of the more intriguing players across the country, I think Quinn Ewers has to be near the top. What are we what are we going to get from Quinn Ewers? This is a guy that like his two four seven rating. I'm pretty sure is like a perfect rating. I'm, I'm pretty sure he yeah. is he is he is one of the top rated high school quarterbacks to ever come out of of high school in the internet mm-hmm. recruiting era. Um, he kind of. I feel like I don't want to say slept on, but I feel like he's being a little undervalued because of the weird trajectory. Cause usually we see these guys come out, they play right away. Well, Quinn Ewers sat behind TJ Stroud, who, you know, is going to be a Heisman contender this year. So he kind of, you know, he, he left high school early, didn't play his senior year, went to Ohio state, kind of disappeared for a year and then transfers to Texas and then obviously you have Arch Manning commits a couple you know a couple weeks ago and that's getting a bunch of news so this is going to be a really fascinating year for Quinn Ewers if he's really good does that affect Arch Manning and if he's really good Texas could win 10 games this year yeah. I mean easily um the non-conference UL Monroe home against Alabama week two and UTSA uh the big 12 home games include West Virginia Iowa State TCU and Baylor the Big 12 road games are Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Kansas, and they'll get Oklahoma, obviously, on a neutral. Um, the over-under number is 8.5 from FanDuel. The over, minus 115. The under, minus 105. This was hard for me. I waited until the very end to fill this one in. And I'm <laughs> taking I'm taking the under just because it's, it's Texas, and I have to see it. I have to see 9 or 10 wins. Like – this team, if you tell me Texas goes 11 and 1 with the only loss coming to Alabama and they win the Big 12 and they are in the playoff, I wouldn't be shocked. If you told me they went 6 and 6 and Texas fans are trying to fire Steve Sarkeesian, I also wouldn't be shocked. Like this the 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 you know, high ceiling, high floor or high ceiling, low floor kind of team. Um while I was listening to Cover 3 today, they did their Big 12 preview as well and forget who but they brought up a good point of like if you lose to alabama by three scores what is the mindset of this team Mm -hmm. after that right they play utsa who won i think 11 games last year the week after um you have if you look at the schedule you know road game the road schedule very favorable your only really tough road game is oklahoma state um you get west virginia at home iowa state tcu and baylor at home so the schedule sets up well so I'm not confident in this at all, but I think eight and four is, is probably the most likely scenario. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go under eight and a half wins. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, kind of for the same reason you mentioned, uh, nothing that Texas has done over the last really decade, um, <laughs> makes me feel comfortable giving them a high number of wins. Um, and I think eight and four would be a step in the right direction for them. Uh, most likely going to be losing that game at Bama, but just for a track record too. I mean, we, we talk about Texas every year, you know, as a potential big 12 contender over the last decade, they, they only have the fifth most wins in the big 12 um, teams like uh, Oklahoma state uh, Baylor. Um, and then I believe TCU all have won more games over the last decade. Yeah, Texas. So, um, and then with obviously with Oklahoma being uh, number one in that category. So, 
I'm kind of the same way. Um, though, you know, if you do look at their schedule, and this is why I think I'm with you where I feel uneasy, you know, out of their seven losses, five of them were by one possession. Yeah. So if they're able to, you know, get half of those, they're potentially looking at a nine and three year, uh, which I think is possible. But I just, right now, I feel more comfortable with them, you know, at eight and four, especially with how they're, um, how I just think the Big 12 is also just going to beat each other up as well. Let me ask you just a quick question before we wrap up Texas. What do you think is more, like if I come to you in December and you're in a coma and you wake up and you, the first thing you ask me is how did Texas do this year? If I tell you Steve Sarkeesian went four and eight and got fired or Texas, Texas won the big 12 and made the playoff. What do you think is more likely? Like what would surprise you less? <laughs> Sorry I'll, to kind of get dark there, but I just I, I, honestly think I could believe either one. Um, because I mean, I, expe- I mean, they lost to freaking Kansas last year. Like anything is possible. Um, they're but, just not tough. It's not a tough football team, no. and I don't know how you instill that. I think that comes from your from your from your your staff and some of your senior leadership. And, and this has been an issue, not just with Sark, but this was an issue under Tom Herman. This was an issue under Charlie Strong, and it was even an issue in the last four or five years of Mac Brown. It's just kind of a program issue, and nothing has shown us at all that they've been able to address that, especially last year. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll turn our attention to uh, the more successful team in the state of Texas, the Baylor Bears, your reigning Big 12 champion, 12-2 twelve and two in 2021. Uh, they win the Big 12 with a last-second victory over Oklahoma State in Dallas. Uh Lucas mentioned some of the better programs than Texas and Baylor is one of them since 2011, the bears have had six double digit win seasons, three big 12 title game appearances. Matt rule had some success turning the program around before going to Carolina. And then Dave Aranda uh, has really continued it in a really successful showing in 2021, six players chosen in the 2022 NFL draft, but a lot of questions. Uh, Jerry Bohaman, who was their starting quarterback for the majority of the season, was kind of shown the door by the staff. And they had a quarterback competition in the spring, and the backup, Blake Shapin, um, won it. Jerry Bohaman is now at USF. Any receiver with more than 20 targets is gone. Their top two rushers are gone. So a lot, kind of the anti-Texas. They're going to be good on the offensive and defensive line. they got a lot of questions with skill position. Uh, Lucas, a 12 win team in 2021. How do you see Baylor this year? Uh, I think they have a, a pretty decent team. You mentioned kind of at, at quarterback going with uh, Blake Shippen. It was interesting because, you know, Shippen came in when uh, Jerry Bohannon got hurt for their last game of the year and then for the, the Big 12 championship game. He actually won, I believe, uh, player of the game for in the Big 12 championship game. And then when they play their bowl game, uh, it's Jerry Bohannon who's back starting <laughs> in that game too. Um, but they made, you know, it's kind of odd to see, um, you know, a coach say there's an open competition during the spring. Um, and uh, basically Bohannon uh, went off um, to a different school. And yep. now you have Blake Shippen. I know Jeff Grimes, who I thought did a terrific job last year in his first year as offensive coordinator. Um, thought they had a much higher ceiling with Shippen at quarterback. Um, and we will see, because you mentioned leading receivers and rushers are gone from last year. I know they like um, some of their receivers. Um, 
when you look at, I know, uh, you know, Hal Presley, um, played a little bit last year. Phil Steele was actually really, really high on him. Um, but I think this is going to be a team that once again, is their defense is going to be their hallmark. Um, their defensive line, uh, I think along with Oklahoma state probably is the best in the big 12. You know, they still have, they still have Apuica, um, who was all big 12 last year on the D line. Um, they're a little bit inexperienced, um, in the, in the back, but, um, but I think this is going to be a team once again, might not be super explosive, um, but they have a really good offensive line. I think four out of five starters are back from last season. Um, so I think, uh, and, and last year their leading rusher, Abraham Smith, um, you know, rushed for over 1600 yards, but the dude was playing linebacker the year before. So I think you got to give a lot of credit for that offensive line for the success they had on that side of the ball. Um, so I do like this team. I just don't know if I'm, I, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of their schedule. Yeah. So let's, let's jump into that schedule. Um, the non-conference Albany at home at BYU, Texas state, they have five big 12 road games, Iowa state, West Virginia, Texas tech, Oklahoma, and Texas. That is difficult to get five road games in your conference and Kansas, not one of them. And you have to go at Oklahoma and at Texas. The home slate in the big 12 is uh, Oklahoma state, Kansas, Kansas state, TCU. Um, Just quickly before we get to the over under returning production for Baylor, 21% passing yards, 14% of their rushing yards, 21% of their receiving yards, 80% of their offensive line snaps. So as Lucas said, four starters back on the offensive line, their top three tight ends return, so they'll they'll be able to block. Mm-hmm. Um, but losing basically twenty three hundred rushing yards between Abraham Smith and Treston Ebner, so just a lot of new faces carrying the football for yeah. uh, for this Baylor team. The over under from FanDuel Sportsbook is seven and a half wins. By the way, I love that FanDuel. All of these are half. Like, yeah, there's no no holes. I've been looking at some other books, and you have a lot of whole numbers. I'm like, that is just. It's just brutal. So shout out <laughs> FanDuel for, for having um, the point fives in the win total. Seven and a half is the win total for Baylor. The over is minus 150. The under is plus 130. Um, I took the under seven and a half. And I, I just think you have a lot of question marks on offense and a difficult schedule with six road games, all of them pretty challenging. I mean, maybe at Texas Tech and at West Virginia. Um but to go at Oklahoma, to go at Texas, to go at BYU, to go at Iowa State, it's just tough. Um, and I'm going to take the under. I think seven and five is is a, a likely number for Baylor in kind of a come down bit of a you know rebuild for the Bears. Six and six potential as well. The under is plus one thirty. I don't love it to bet it. Um, don't know if it'll be a lock for me, but I'm going to go under seven and a half for Baylor. Yeah, I'm with you for the same reason. Um, just because of that schedule, um, I think this could be a, a team Baylor that we, we look at the end of the year and they probably, they go seven and five and all five games were one possession games. Cause I think they're going to be in just about every game that they play. It's just, I don't know, just looking at if they're going to have the firepower to match up, especially against like teams like Oklahoma in Texas that, you know, are going to be able to score points. Um, but also going up to, to BYU, um, I, I think BYU is going to be favored in that game as well. So I'm with you as well. I think this is a 7-5 team. And I think that's a good third year, especially 
uh, with all the production that they're they're uh, missing out on this season. All right, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, uh, twelve and two uh, in twenty twenty one. How about this wins against Oklahoma, Texas, and Notre Dame? They, uh, I don't know if you remember that crazy Fiesta Bowl. Um, Notre Dame was up twenty eight mm-hmm. to seven, I think. And Oklahoma State stormed back. I actually had Notre Dame as the last leg of like a five like leg bowl parlay money line. <laughs> Just was furious. So um really a monumental season, a breakthrough season for Oklahoma State. Sent came incredibly close to winning a Big 12 championship. Um, but a lot is gone for the Cowboys. More than 300 starts, a ton on defense. Jim Knowles. Your defensive coordinator goes to Ohio State. They do get Derek Mason, who kind of flees mm-hmm. the Auburn fire, uh, to come and, and coach the defense. I thought that was kind of a real nice hire for Mike Gundy to get an SEC coordinator. Spencer Sanders returns for, I believe, is his ninth season at Oklahoma State. I could be off there. Um, but, like, Spencer Sanders is actually really good. I mean, he's just yeah. a solid college quarterback, 2,800 yards uh, through the air, 752 on the ground, 26 touchdowns last year for the uh, – for the Cowboys, um, Lucas, your thoughts on the uh, the fight, Mike Gundy's? Yeah, it's funny. Like Spencer Sanders, I feel like he was—he's just everywhere I hear he was just kind of a question mark quarterback. But then you look back, he was—he was first team All Big Twelve last year um, yeah. as quarterback, and absolutely shredded Notre Dame in that um, in that Fiesta Bowl. I actually watched that those Fiesta Bowl highlights um, this past week to kind of just research um uh, oklahoma state a little bit but like you mentioned i think Derek mason will help uh kind of stop the, the bleeding that we that we saw for attrition on their defense this was one of the best defenses in big 12 in the conference's history you talk about i believe they led the country in sacks and in tackles for loss um this defensive line is going to be really good kind of as i mentioned before with baylor probably going to be the best uh tied with them for the best defensive line in here. They bring back guys like Colin Wilder, who had a extremely good uh, freshman year for them, had over 10 and a half sacks. They also bring back Brock Martin, who was a first team all big 12 uh, player as well. Um, they only have one returning starter in the secondary. So it could take a hit. You know, that being said, they also have to replace um their best playmaker on the offensive side, uh, Tay Martin's no longer there, had over a thousand yards receiving, had like 118 targets, I believe, for them last year. Um, but they do bring back solid guys like Brandon Presley and also Braden Johnson, who missed all of last year but had a very productive uh, 2020 campaign. Um, so I do like this. I think you're just going to have to bet on Spencer Sanders making a little bit of a jump. I think he's a pretty capable dual threat quarterback. Um, but will, will he take enough jump to kind of go over some of that? Cause I do think they will take a step back on defense, uh, just because I don't know if they could be any better cause they were so good last year. Yeah. You lose your, uh, your star linebackers, Malcolm Rodriguez and Devin Harper. They lose 239 career starts off of that 2021 defense. Um, if you look at returning production, 88% of the passing yards are back, of course, led by Spencer Sanders. Only 44% of the rushing yards. They do have some limited experience back at running back. Dominic Richardson, Jaden Nixon, and DeAndre Jackson will kind of be a, uh, a committee for Oklahoma State in 2022. 
Uh, 59% of their receiving yards are back. 64% of the offensive line starts. Uh, the out of conference, very manageable. You get Central Michigan at home, Arizona State at home, Arkansas Pine Bluff at home. Your Big 12 home slate includes Texas Tech, Texas, Iowa State, West Virginia. Big 12 road um, is Baylor, TCU, Kansas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma. Uh, Lucas, our number at FanDuel is eight and a half wins. Even odds both ways over on the over minus 110, the under minus 110. Uh, what say you for the for the Cowboys? This was a tough one because I think you can always pencil Oklahoma State at worst to have eight or nine wins. Now I think that that speaks to a lot of what Mike Gundy has done, and now his which created his 18th year um, as part of this program. Um, it does worry me that, that I do think their defense will be good. I don't know if it'll be as great as it was last year. Um, and I just don't know if they'll have the production on offense. I think they'll have a good offense, but I do think it does need to be better for them to make it up. So I'm going to go under. Um, I think eight and four for me is probably where I feel the most comfortable with this team. I mean, they have to go on the road uh, to Baylor, to TCU. They have the five road game slate to Oklahoma, um, into K-State. Um, and then they still get, you know, Texas um, and Iowa State coming in. I think an improved West Virginia team. So – um, though I do think they go three and in the non-conference. Sorry, Ryan. I do think they win uh, that well, game again. The only question is by how much at this point. <laughs> the only question. But uh, I'm just going to go with with eight and four uh, for the Cowboys this year. So I'll go under. So this is the first one we're actually going to disagree with. I mm. I took the over, and and it's like a lot of these. Like you're going to hear me repeat this phrase. I don't love it. Um, I looked at it and, and said, I think you go three, you know, in, in the non-conference and I think six and three in the conference is, is very doable. Even if you lose Oklahoma and Texas, like I, I think you can go six and three in the conference and I don't love it, but I, I think the fact that they bring back Spencer Sanders is something that you have a new quarterback at Oklahoma. You have a new quarterback at Iowa state. You have a new quarterback at Baylor. You have a new quarterback at Texas. Like, I'm not saying Spencer Sanders is going to be the first team all conference pick again, but the guy's been a four year starter now. Yeah. Um, and he's had, they've had a lot of success, right? Mm-hmm. You've had a lot of success on, on that team. I don't think Derek Mason is as much of a, a, a step down as if you were to hire somebody brand new or maybe somebody from the group of five. Um, so I'm going to go like a nine and three, 10 and two. It would not surprise me to see Oklahoma state back at the big 12 title game. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take the over. I, I don't, I'm not in love with it. Um, but that's, uh, that's where I'm at. So, yeah, no, I think that's a good point with Spencer Sanders, um, going there. Cause there's a lot of new quarterbacks. I think the only thing that could scare me is if he gets hurt, um, they do not have great quarterback depth. I think all three oh, yeah. of their backups, um, all transferred out this year. Um, so, but if they stay healthy, I think an over is definitely obviously possible. Uh, Lucas, for the first time since I was eight years old, Gary Patterson is not coaching the TCU Horned Frogs. <laughs> Gary Patterson out after 21 seasons at the helm in Fort Worth. Uh, Sonny Dyke steps in, coming over from SMU in what I, I actually think is a pretty seamless transition. I think it was a smart hire for TCU. Um, and, it, it, you know, it's a TCU program that has been going in kind of a downward trajectory. From 08 to 2017, they had six top 10 finishes. Um, the last four years, they're 23 and 34. And 
I think you could say the program got stale a little bit under Gary Patterson, kind of an older school coach. Um, they had a lot of success. It's It's been one of those programs like Oklahoma State or Iowa State where you kind of bank on eight, nine, seven wins. Um, you have a, a quarterback competition between Max Dugan uh, or Max Duggan and uh, and Chandler Morris. Um, Zach Evans, the, the star, five-star running back, transfers to Ole Miss. Uh, you get one of the best receivers in the Big 12 back in, in uh, Quinton Johnson, who had 612 yards and six touchdowns last season. A lot of experience back on the offensive line. Sonny Dyke said, quote, probably one of our biggest strengths. Um, so, Lucas, 5-7 and seven for TCU in 2021. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Horn Frogs? Yeah, like kind of you mentioned, like kind of a good fit. I mean, Sonny Dykes, I think this team is going to be uh, fun. They didn't weren't bad on offense last year, but um, I think you look at the offenses that Sonny Dykes has put together, whether he was at SMU, whether he was at Cal, or even back to his Louisiana Tech days, um, they're going to go downfield. They're going to throw the ball. I think it's interesting that he brought over with him from SMU, Garrett Riley, who is Lincoln Riley's uh, younger brother um, as their offensive coordinator. Um, and I think they have two really good quarterback options, as you mentioned, with Max Duggan um, and Chandler Morris. And they're going to have uh, playmakers to throw the ball around to, including Quentin Johnson. Um, biggest question is kind of on that other side of the ball. Um, Gary Patterson, for most of his time at CCU, their defenses were awesome. Uh, usually one of the best, if not the best, year in and year out in the Big 12. Last year they were terrible. Um, they allowed, I think it was like over 460 yards per game. I'm not sure how much that's going to get better. They're transitioning from a uh, 4-2-5 to a 3-3-5 um, in their first year under under Sunny Dykes. Really thin um, on the D-line. I think I read in their state of the program that to get a 12th defensive lineman, they actually held open tryouts uh, this past spring uh, yeah. to get another scholarship defensive lineman. They do return uh, uh, Travis Hodge uh, Tomlinson, who is an all-Big 12 corner um so they could have some success there in the secondary but um like you mentioned um you know quentin johnson is going to be one of the better wide receivers in the country i think this team is going to score points um i think even reading to i think there was talent on this team i just think it was just like you mentioned very very stale under gary patterson so actually i feel like i have a pretty good positive uh, feeling about tcu but i think i say this every year with tcu i think they always have a chance to potentially compete in the big 12. Yeah, I was listening to Cover 3, and Bud Elliott has a uh, TCU to win the conference bet at 28-1. to 1. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I was like, at first I was like, that's crazy, man. What the heck are you doing? And then actually doing my research, I was like, yeah, that, that's not completely you know crazy. Yeah. Um, TCU, 75 plays of at least 20 yards allowed on defense. Uh, potentially in a good spot at linebacker in the secondary, like you said. A lot of, lot of questions on, on defense. Um, interesting non-conference schedule. For the Horn Frogs, they're at Colorado. Uh, they have Tarkleton State, and then at SMU, which I don't know is the SMU game like is it technically a neutral? I mean, I know it's at SMU, but like you're it's, not staying at a hotel or anything. You're so. driving like 20 minutes to yeah, death like it's kind of like a home game, like you know, routine. I'm sure there'll be a lot of purple in the stands there. Uh, only four road games on the Big 12 schedule. They are Kansas, West Virginia, Texas, and Baylor. Um, which I think is really favorable, by the way. Big 12 home slate is Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Texas Tech, and Iowa State. 
I'm going to go. Uh, so the over under is at six and a half. The over minus 150. The under is plus 125. I'm going to go over. Um, and it's mostly because I think they're going to have good quarterback play. I think they'll be able to score points. I think the schedule is very favorable. I mean, maybe you say they go two and one in the non-conference. They could go three and zero, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. with two road wins in in the non-conference. Your road games, I think. I mean, Kansas, West Virginia, I think are going to be two of the worst teams in, in, in the league. Personally, Texas, like who knows what that team will look like when you play them. Um, you get some tough games at home. You know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. I think you can get at least one of those, maybe two. Um, so I'm going to go over. I think this is like a seven and five, eight and four, kind of like TCU. What they normally, I think seven and five is is pretty realistic. So I'll I'll, I'll go over six and a half. I'm I'm over with you too. Um, I think, like you mentioned, with all your points, with I think they're going to score a lot of points. Um, I think they're one of the. I think they're probably one of the few teams that can match up uh, skill position wise with both Oklahoma and with Texas. Um, so yeah, I think, and you mentioned kind of a dark horse. You know, twenty eight to one odds to win the the Big Ten or the Big Twelve. Um, no, I, I really like this team. I think it's talented enough in their roster. And I think a new change of scenery with Sonny Dykes is going to do wonders for this program. So I'm going over as well. All right. The, uh, the Iowa state cyclones uh, under the uh, guidance of Matt Campbell, how about five straight winning seasons for Iowa state 29 big 12 victories in that span or 29 victories in the big 12 since 2017, second only behind Oklahoma. Uh Definitely a disappointing year for Iowa State, considering what they had coming back off of a team in the COVID year that made the Big 12 championship game, that made it to the Fiesta Bowl against Oregon. You had Brock Purdy back. You had Brees Hall back. And they struggled. They were 7-5, and five, five one-score defeats in 2021. Um, they lost to Clemson in the bowl game to finish their record at 7-6. and six. And a lot of turnover, Lucas, for this Iowa State team. Brock Purdy gone, Brees Hall gone, Charlie Kohler gone, Mike Rose gone, the linebacker. Um, some of the most influential players, not only in Iowa State, but like in the history of, of the program. Yeah. Like when you look at like all the records that Brock Purdy has at Iowa State and what they were able to do. So a new look Iowa State Cyclone team. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um... Yeah, like you mentioned, like a lot of like kind of program record setters, you know, Brees Hall uh, uh, leaves this year. But, you know, just kind of looking at them, I know Hunter Deckers, I believe, is going to be the, the starter for them. Played a little bit last year uh, when Purdy got uh, kind of dinged up. But uh, Matt Campbell, I know, said he's uh, thinks he can be a really, really special player um, for them. I think this is this is really a year where you just kind of look at Iowa state and it's like, okay, if you really believe in what Matt Campbell has built um, a rebuilding year at Iowa state, shouldn't be anymore. You're going three and nine or four and eight. Um, So I do think this team's going to compete to go to a bowl game. I mean, defensively they've been good every year um, under Matt Campbell. Um, That still should be the case. I know in the defensive line, they bring back Will McDonald um, who was a first team all American last year on the defensive line. Um, and they return uh, a good chunk of their offensive line back as well. Um, I know they lose Brees Hall, but you know they they've been they've had good running backs in this program before. I mean, they lost you know David Montgomery was 
um, a huge back for them a few years ago, and they just replaced. They've him gone David Mon- They have gone David Montgomery to Brees Hall. That's pretty impressive. Yes. So I think I have a lot of trust in Matt Campbell and just what he's built. Um, and I think last year, you know, they had huge expectations. This year, I don't think anyone is really expecting that much. And I think that's kind of where they like to be um, as a program. So I think this is going to be a, a positive year for Iowa State. Yeah, so Hunter Deckers set Iowa high school records in 11-man football and passing yards and touchdowns. Xavier Hutchinson is back at receiver. Um both tight ends are gone, including including Charlie Kohler, who was a fourth round pick, I believe, of the uh, of the Ravens. Um, Will McDonald the fourth? They get him back on defense. Fourteen sacks last season. They get two starting linebackers. Um, they did have some exodus to the transfer portal. Seventeen players in the portal, five <laughs> transferring to other um, Power Five programs. Uh, the over under six and a half from Fanduel. Uh, the over is minus one twenty. The under plus a hundred. Um, I'm going to take the over six and a half, um, because I believe in Matt Campbell, kind of like you said, right? Like rebuilding the floor should be six and six, maybe five and seven. If you have a ton of injuries, but I, I look at the schedule, the out of conferences, Southeastern Missouri state at Iowa and Ohio at home. They get five big 12 home games, including Baylor, Kansas state, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Texas Tech. Four games on the road in conference. Kansas, Texas, OK State, Texas Tech, who I put twice, so that doesn't make any sense. Regardless, um, I'm taking the over. I look at, I think Kansas on the road win, Kansas State home win, West Virginia at home win. Like, that's three wins right there. Ohio and SEMO is five. Like, I I just think it's easy to get to seven wins. So I'm going to take the over six and a half. Yeah, I'm with you too. I'm taking the over um, once again, largely because I think they've they've just developed a really good program there at Iowa State. And as you mentioned, um, they only have the four road games um, this year in the Big 12. And um, it's always nice when one of them is Kansas because it's almost like a guaranteed win. So I'm going to be uh, going over as well with you. Uh, all right. So that was uh, Iowa State. We'll get now to Kansas State. Um First thing I the first thing I wrote down with Kansas State Lucas is that Colin Klein is their offensive coordinator. Oh. And I just felt so old. I felt I, so old, man. Wasn't it just like I felt it feels like he it was, was in the Heisman Trophy finalist like two yes. or three years ago. Wonder kid over here. Um, <laughs> so Colin Klein, the new offensive coordinator at uh Kansas State. Kansas State had him as the interim OC for their bowl game victory over LSU last year. So he takes the job. Uh, Adrian Martinez is uh, replacing Skylar Thompson at quarterback. You might remember Adrian Martinez for fumbling roughly 20% of his dropbacks at Nebraska. Um, <laughs> uh, so some upheaval there at offensive coordinator uh, and quarterback, but they get Deuce Vaughn back, who's probably the best running back in this league, not named Bijan Robinson, but will probably be a first team all conference back over 1,800 yards from scrimmage and 22 touchdowns last season. Um, Lucas, Kansas state just is one of these programs like Iowa state, like TCU. It's just a stalwart, like seven and five, eight and four. They were seven and five last year. They beat a depleted LSU team in the Texas bowl to go to eight and five. Um, what are your thoughts on, uh, Chris Kleiman's, uh, Kansas state 
uh, Wildcats. Yeah, I think um, it was interesting them hiring Colin Klein, uh, not just for nostalgia's sake, but you know they they wanted to be more explosive um, as an offense last year. Um, I think it was noted in in their state of the program article. He said. He's like, I can't run the same offense I did at North Dakota State because at North Dakota State, we our offense was built because we never trailed in any games. Um, and that's not necessarily the case at Kansas State. And um, so I do think um, they are growing as a program. Like you mentioned, Deuce Vaughn is one of the most exciting players, in my opinion, in college football. Um, and I think you can literally probably build this offense around him. Um, and I think bringing in a guy like Adrian Martinez, despite – um, the inefficiencies that he has had um, as the quarterback, I think he's still solid enough. If you have a good offensive plan around him, he can be a good quarterback. They return, I think, four out of their top six wide receivers. Um, so they have a pretty deep group um, there as well. Um, and on defense, um, last year they they switched to a three three five. We kind of see that as a growing trend in the Big Twelve. They had good results. They were, I think, they were twenty third overall. So I think a second year. In that defensive system, um, it is 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 obviously going to just benefit them, and they return uh, one of their best players. Uh, you know, Felix Anaduke Yuzuma uh, uh, um, was the co-defensive line uh, player of the year uh, last year in the Big Twelve. had had eleven sacks, fourteen and a half tackles for loss. So, I mean, and it's Kansas State. They're they're just fickle every year um, because they just usually just play really really smart. They don't beat themselves. And they play solid on both sides of the ball. And I, I expect exactly the same from them this year. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down in my notes, the defensive line, the edge group looks to be really good. You have both your starting cornerbacks back. You have some questions at safety. They, re- they have to replace four guys there who played um, last year. If you look at returning production, 19% of the passing yards, 82% of the rushing yards, 73% of the receiving yards, 43% of the offensive line stats. At a conference, they'll get South Dakota at Missouri. They'll host Tulane. Uh, the Big 12 road slate includes Oklahoma, Iowa State, TCU, Baylor, West Virginia. So they are one of the five road games uh, teams in this conference. At home, they'll get Kansas, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. Um, Lucas, I will let you go first. I believe I went first the last two times on the over-unders. So the number is six and a half. The over is minus 145. The under is plus 125. Yeah, so this one was tough because as I just mentioned, I just think Kansas State every year is just solid on both sides of the ball. Don't beat themselves. Um, But I'm actually going to go – I'm going to go under. Um, I don't know if I can see them getting a six and five, just because like we mentioned too, they have um, the five away games in the big 12 at Oklahoma at Iowa state and at TCU at Baylor, all, uh, all four teams that I feel pretty highly on. I'm even a little bit higher on West Virginia. And one of their away games is, or, and then one of their home games is Kansas. And I think even that early game against Mizzou, I think, uh, that could be what makes or breaks uh, whether this hits over or under um, if they're able to beat uh, if they're able to beat win or lose that game. So I'm just gonna go under because as you mentioned too, Adrian Martinez, after watching him for four years at Nebraska, I think he's a solid quarterback, but I cannot trust him in any close games. And they like a lot of Big 12 teams, they could be playing a lot of close games again this year. 
like you can tell Lucas and I have good chemistry because I, I, I we're, we're in lockstep on all of it. <laughs> I took the under as well. Um, for the, the two main reasons were the schedule. And then the last thing you mentioned about Adrian Martinez, Adrian Martinez, correct me if I'm wrong, did not take Nebraska to a bowl game. Correct. Nope. They haven't. They have. Yeah. Cause Scott Frost hasn't been to a bowl game yet. Um, the best three and nine team in the country, by the way, Nebraska. Um, so it's hard for me to think that Kansas State is going to lose Skylar Thompson, who's, who's a really good quarterback for them, yes. replace him with Adrian Martinez and, and make a bowl game with a schedule that includes road games at Missouri, at Oklahoma, at Iowa State, at Baylor. You know, it's it's I think this is going to be a six and six, five and seven team. I, I don't think they'll miss a bowl game, but I, I think six and six is is the most likely outcome. So. Mm-hmm. I went ahead and took the under as well, but you know, never love betting the under with Kansas State. Like no. you, 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 you just don't. I hope so. they prove me wrong because they're one of the the programs that I think they're just so easy to root for year in and year out. Um, so I won't be rooting for them to be under, but that's just kind of how, how we see it. Yeah. Um, all right, the West Virginia Mountaineers, six and six in twenty twenty one. A couple things I wrote down before we kind of jump into it. So. Graham Harrell uh, is the offensive coordinator um, and JT Daniels is the projected starting quarterback. I did not realize JT Daniels landed at West Virginia. I will be completely honest. And I don't know what to think about that. Former five-star, these quarterbacks, like you could be really bad for four years or very like pedestrian. But if you carry that former five-star mantle, for some reason, you're just, you're just hyped up. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really like the Graham Harrell addition. I mean, I think he's a solid offensive coordinator. I'm kind of surprised that he took this job because my next bullet point was, is Neil Brown on the hot seat? 17 and 18 in three seasons, seven losses on the final possession over the course of his tenure. Um, this seems to me like unless you win seven or eight games, he's, he's probably gone. Yeah. So your thoughts on kind of the Neil Brown, Graham Harrell situation, and then just kind of West Virginia as, as a whole. Yeah, uh, no, I was actually surprised I, when I was doing my research. I didn't. I was wondering where Graham Harrell left because I knew he was not at USC anymore. Um, obviously, Lake and Riley kind of cleaned house with the whole staff there. But no, I think it's really intriguing because I remember when uh, West Virginia had their last real kind of former blue chip quarterback that transferred there, and that was Will Greer, um, who was kind of like a high four star guy at Florida, transfers to West Virginia and ends up. Um, having great seasons under there. And I, I think they have that potential with Graham Harrell, who put up, I think, early in his USC tenure, put up some really nice offenses, as well as when he was at North Texas. So I think this will be a better, I think, a better fit for him in the Big 12, obviously playing in the Big 12 uh, at Texas Tech. So I do think that's interesting. They do bring back, they did lose uh, their top receiver from last year, but I believe they bring back three of their five uh, leading receivers from a year ago. Uh, defensively, they've been good under Neil Brown just about every year. Um, but last year, it was just wasn't the offense. They still have uh, Dante Stills, who was getting catered to go to the NFL draft on the defensive line. It was all Big 12 last year. He decided to come back. Um, however, their top five tacklers um, are gone. But I do think this offense is going to be improved. They have all five starters back on the offensive line. So I do think that that running game is going to be improved. That was something they really struggled in. 
a year ago and really since Neil Brown has gotten there. But I agree with you. This is a big year for Neil Brown. Um, I think after you saw the success that uh, Dana Holgerson had there, um, where they were competing, uh, getting close to going to Big 12 title games, um, I think that's kind of the expectation um, is they want to be back up in that eight, that seven to, to nine win range, I think, this year. So I do think they have the, uh, the goods to potentially do it. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's a big year, but I think Graham Harrell and getting JT Daniels is a move in the right direction for them. Returning production for West Virginia, 8% of the passing yards are back 33% of the rushing yards, 53% of the receiving yards. They do return 92% of their offensive line starts. Um, Lucas mentioned Dante stills, um, 43 and a half career tackles for loss for the defensive tackle. Really, really good. They do uh, lose the their other defensive tackle, Hakeem Mezador, who transferred to Miami. Bit of a surprise uh, for Neil Brown. The at-a-conference, strange. At Pitt, Townsend, at Virginia Tech. Um, very, like, the first five games of the season, at Pittsburgh, home Kansas, home Townsend, at Virginia Tech, at Texas. Uh, the Big 12 home slate includes Kansas, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma, Kansas State. The Big, the Big 12 road slate, Texas, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Uh, the over-under number, five and a half. Even odds both ways, minus 110 to the over, minus 110 to the under. And Lucas, I will give you the floor. Over-under, five and a half wins. I am going to go over uh, with West Virginia. Um I know you mentioned kind of the schedule is weird. They play two power five teams on the road um, in, in their non-con, but uh, going back to our ACC pod was not very high in Virginia tech. I think this is a a big rebuild year for them. So I do think this is a winnable game. Uh, They do get, um, you know, looking at their schedule, they do get Kansas at home, which does hurt. They do have to go on the road at Oklahoma state and at Texas but I think getting to a bowl game in six and six is very doable for them. I think they're going to be much improved on offense with, um, I think probably the best offensive line uh, that Neil Brown has had since he's been there. And I think bringing in a good offensive line like Graham Harrell and having a talented quarterback like JT Daniels, I think they're going to be able to make it work. And I think six and six is really, for me is I think the the lowest I could see them falling to. So I'm, I'm basically the exact opposite of you. I am taking the under. And I am I am playing this out in my mind that West Virginia starts like two and four or three and three, and the bottom falls out. And Neil Brown is fired. Like maybe they lose to TCU at home or they lose at Iowa State in early November. Because what what we're seeing is coaches are being fired earlier, mm-hmm. right? So the idea now that you're going to hold on to a coach all twelve games is is just not going to happen. So I wonder if this team is like four and six. Do they quit? Like, what is that level? And my other red flag was the fact that JT Daniels didn't commit to the program until I think well after spring ball or like he he wasn't in in for spring. So you have a new OC, you have a new quarterback. That's basically like a incoming freshman. He hasn't been with the program in, in the spring. Um, Two big non-conference games on the road, although you're right, Virginia Tech. I think I went under them as well in our ACC preview. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to take the under. I, I think this is a 5-7, and 4-8 and eight team, and I, I kind of think that Neil Brown is probably gone um, mm-hmm. after this year. So. 
Uh, all right, we got two more teams here in our Big 12 preview. Uh, the Texas Tech Red Raiders, Joy McGuire steps in for Matt Wells. I didn't realize this, Lucas, but kind of going back and, and looking at the notes, they fired Matt Wells when he was five and three. Yeah. In 2021, which was very strange to me. But, you know, everything's about recruiting now. So Joy McGuire can recruit. Uh, was on the defensive staff at Baylor, has a ton of high school connections in the state, and it's really already starting. Texas Tech's doing a really nice job in this 2023 recruiting class. Um, you have a three-way battle, a quarterback between Tyler So, Donovan Smith, and uh, uh, Baron Morton. Excuse me. Um, this was a team that was 6-6. Six and six. How about this first bowl win since 2013? And they said and the, yeah, and their coach was fired like two thirds of the way through the season. Very strange. Technically, I'm pretty. He was, technically, he was fired before they won that bowl game. Fair. So <laughs> a little bullish on the hire. I don't necessarily know how I feel about this team now, but Joe McGuire has a lot of energy, and he seems like a good CEO type. He's a good recruiter. Um, he's got a lot of connections in the high school community in Texas. I think he'll bring excitement to this program. Don't know if a lot of wins will come uh, in uh, year one, but overall it seems like the hire has gotten some really good feedback from the Texas Tech community. So your thoughts on the uh, on the Red Raiders? Yeah, no, I'm excited to kind of watch them play, especially with um, you know Zach Keatley taking over as offensive coordinator. You know, obviously was at Western Kentucky last year with Bailey Zappi and put up a bunch of numbers. So I think Texas Tech should at least be fun. On offense, they do return some good production at running back. Um, also at um, wide receiver, I know just kind of reading uh, Phil Steele, they really like Miles Price, who's a sophomore who could break out, had 523 yards as a true frosh last year. Um, but And they do return a lot on their offensive line. Um, and I think uh, getting uh, uh, Tim DeRuiter as defensive coordinator, I thought he did a decent job at Oregon last season was at Cal um, for the previous four years under Justin Wilcox, where they put together good defenses. I know Texas tech and good defense usually don't go together, um, but they were, they were semi-improved under Matt Wells uh, is tutelage. Um, and uh, they do get, um, you know, a big, uh, you know, Tyree Wilson, who last year transferred over from Texas A&M. He had uh, 13 tackles for loss and seven and a half sacks. He is back. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this team, it, it's hard to mention them because I, I do like some of the talent on this team. But you mentioned, too, it could be a, 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 a kind of a rebuilding year, three and nine. Or, it, like, other teams in the Big 12, they could go, like, eight and four, and I probably wouldn't be terribly surprised. Yeah, the uh, returning production, 61% of the passing yards, 84% of the rushing yards, 45% of the receiving yards, and 45% of the offensive line starts. Uh, some of the notes I wrote down, secondary has depth. Um, Tech will play three down defensive linemen. Um, top two backs return. And like you said with Zach Kitley, just expect a lot of offense. Like mm -hmm. Expect a lot of points. They play uh, Murray State week one. They, they could put up 80. <laughs> if things are going well uh the out of conference like i said murray state they uh will host houston then they'll go at nc state uh five games on the big 12 home slate including texas west virginia baylor kansas oklahoma on the road in conference they'll face kansas state oklahoma state tcu and iowa state 
I'm going to go under here. Um, I think four and eight, five and seven are, are very likely three and nine, potentially two. Like you, you could go one and two in the non-conference and the only teams in the conference you're probably favored against would maybe be Kansas and West Virginia. So I think, uh, I, I think, like I said, I'm, I'm bullish on Joey McGuire, uh, this year, I think it's a five and seven or like a four and eight kind of team. Yeah, I'm going to go with you there on the under. I think this is like a five and seven team. I'd probably sway to the over if they didn't schedule two really tough non-conference games. Uh, yeah. Houston might be one of the better group of five teams. And obviously we were pretty both very high on NC State um, and them having to go on the road. Um, you know, it's a t- and the fact is if they start one and two, they'd have to have a winning record in conference. And I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think this could be a fun team to kind of keep tabs on. Uh, but I think, like you mentioned, probably four and eight, five and seven is more likely for this team. All right. We'll wrap up the big 12 with the fighting Lance Leipold's the Kansas Jayhawks two and 10 in 2021, but who cares, baby? We got the win over Texas 57, 56 in overtime. Um, Kansas had a very kind of interesting season. Um, the reports out of Lawrence were basically like, this team is going to be a complete mess in year one for Lance Leipold. And the phrasing that they used was like, it was more like year zero mm-hmm. in terms of just having to get the bodies, having to get the, the, the players of a caliber to at least play division one college football. Eight of their 10 losses were by double digits. However, if you look at their last three games, they beat Texas on the road. They lost by three to TCU and they lost by six to West Virginia. So clearly they showed some improvement. Um, Jalon Daniels, the last four games for Kansas as their quarterback, 811 yards, 10 touchdowns, and a 70% completion percentage. They also have some intriguing uh, transfers on offense, including Minnesota running back uh, Kai Thomas, who ran for over 800 yards as a freshman for the Gophers. I know our, our boy Dakota Johnson will be will be sad to uh, – to, to, to lose him, not no longer rowing the boat. You get four starters back on the offensive line, a good amount of returning production, almost a hundred percent of the passing yards, 80% of the rushing yards and 70% of the receiving yards. Um, the defense is absolutely horrendous. You might as well be playing with seven guys, uh, 129th in points per game allowed last year, 126th in yards per play. So, Really, really, really bad defensively. They've brought in a ton of transfers on defense. Um, I'm basically out of notes on Kansas, so that's my that's my rundown on Kansas. Lucas, what do you what do you got? You pretty much took all my notes on Kansas. Too. It, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a large a large write up. Um, but as you mentioned, I mean, they returned both two quarterbacks um, that they kind of split time with last year. A lot of returning production, um, running backs, wide receiver, and offensive line. Um, including bringing in, you know, a guy, you know, Mike Davitsky on the offensive line who played 20 games for Buffalo. He's very familiar with landslide pulled. Um, obviously, this is still a big rebuilding year um, for them, but I do think they were moving in the right direction. As you mentioned, a couple close calls. They beat Texas. Um, I think it was their first Big 12 win in like two or three years. Um, their first Big 12 road win in like almost a decade. So, um, I think they're they're building a culture and what was it just a complete mess of a program. Another rebuilding year, but I do think they are going to be improved um, over this year, which I think is all you can really ask for right now as yeah. a Kansas fan. I don't think a bowl game is anywhere near the cards, but 
it would not surprise me if they get three or four wins. Um, be at a conference. They host Tennessee Tech at Houston. They'll host Duke. Um, five games on the Big 12 road schedule, and none of them against Kansas, which is weird. Um, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Baylor, Texas Tech, Kansas State on the road at home. They'll get Iowa State, TCU, Oklahoma State, and Texas. The over under two and a half, the over minus 145, the under plus value at plus 125. I took the over just because. I mean, I think three and nine is is a, a realistic number for Kansas. If you can maybe get – if you get two wins in the non-conference, I feel really good about it. Yeah. If you can get Duke at home, that's a complete toss-up game to me. Um, and I, I think you can get one game in conference. Maybe it's TCU at home. Maybe you get someone on the road like Kansas State or Texas Tech. But I, I think three and nine is uh, the record that I will give them. So I'm going to take the over. But I, I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I'm taking the over, um, largely for some of the same reasons that, and I, I can't, I'll never bet the under against my guy Lance Leipold. So, yeah, um, kind of the same reasons. Yeah, I think Duke variable, winnable game, Tennessee Tech. And as we mentioned, there's no kind of out of that that bottom tier, the big, uh, Big Twelve. It wouldn't surprise me in any of those games when those teams play each other, um, which one wins and which one loses. So, I think. Um, if they can win another Big 12 game uh, for the second year in a row, win one single one, that's that's progress. And I think they're they're well on their way. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the over two and a half as well. Okay. All right. So just to recap where we're at heading into our conference championship picks, Lucas and I are both on the over eight and a half wins for Oklahoma. Uh, we're both on the under eight and a half wins for Texas. I am on the over eight and a half for Oklahoma State. Lucas is on the under, and I believe the rest were basically in lockstep. We both have the under seven and a half for Baylor, the over six and a half wins for TCU, the over six and a half for Iowa State, under six and a half Kansas State. Uh, we do split on West Virginia. I'm on the under five and a half, and Neil Brown gets fired. Lucas is on the over five and a half, and Neil Brown wins Conference Coach of the Year. Uh, don't 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 quote me on that. We're both on the under five and a half on tech and the over two and a half on Kansas. So the question is, and I mentioned to Lucas before we recorded, I said, I don't know who I'm going to pick for the conference championship. I legit have no idea. Yeah. So looking at our, looking at our overs, I could conceivably have Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, TCU or Iowa state as my teams. So I'm going to sort this out in my head. Uh, you, why don't you give us your two teams who will make the conference championship game and your winner? Yeah, so I am going with uh, with Oklahoma and then a, a team from the state of Texas. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, I am going with the state uh, team from the state of Texas, but I am actually going to do TCU. Um, so I believe Sonny Dykes probably has a coach of the year uh, coming his way this year. That's, I guess that's my bold prediction. Wow, okay. Oklahoma, I just think – the offense they're going to run at TCU with either quarterback, I think they're going to have success. And I think that defense is going to be improved. There's talent on that defense. Um, I think last year was kind of an outlier year for them. Um, I just think they're going to kind of get through the muck. Like I said, I wouldn't shock me if we have two nine and three teams playing for the conference title this year. So I'm going to go Oklahoma, TCU, and Oklahoma with a rebound year under Brett Venables uh, winning the Big 12. Okay. I need you to filibuster for about another half hour, but unfortunately I don't think we'll get to that. I'm going to pick Oklahoma as well to get to the championship game. 
And I'm going to pick Oklahoma State to get back there. Mm. Um, I believe in Mike Gundy. I believe in Spencer Sanders. I believe in the experience that they have, the fundamentally sound program they have. Derek Mason filling in for Jim Knowles, I think, is a really nice fit. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to take Oklahoma State and I'm going to take the Cowboys to win the win. the oh. um, I this is probably going to just blow up on me when Oklahoma State goes seven and five. But um, I don't love picking a first year coach. And there's so much turnover on the Oklahoma roster. Right. There's so much turnover on this team um, that I just I don't feel great picking them. Now, there's also a lot of turnover, especially on defense for Oklahoma State. But. Um, we haven't seen Dylan Gabriel at the power five level. We haven't seen Brent Venables coach a game yet. We just don't know. Um, Eric Gray is going to be counted on to carry a lot more of the load than he did last year. And there are obviously questions on defense with Oklahoma. So I'm going to take Oklahoma state to win the league. I don't feel good about this at all, but I'm going to try something different this year. Hey, sometimes that works. You kind of have to be bold with the Big 12 because it's been, outside of really Oklahoma, it's kind of a, a surprising who else is going to come up there. But, um, no, I like both those picks. I, I don't feel great about taking Oklahoma State with the under, so it would not shock me if they were back in Dallas playing for another Big 12 title. I also just kind of think, like, the storyline of, like, coming up basically one yard short for three straight plays I think that's, you know, I, I can buy the motivation, the, the focus, the added edge to this team. No one believes in us. I can buy that, that Mike Gundy will sell that. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Oklahoma state winning what I'm guessing is their what first, second big 12 championship under Mike Gundy. Did, Mike did the Brandon, I think they've won. They won that one. I can't remember how many years ago, back in like 2011, 2012. And then, um, I think they won one just, did they win one just a few years ago? Uh, I, I, I shouldn't have asked the question that they, I, they've been I close know. so many times. Um, it just seems like usually, usually the year they can beat Oklahoma, I feel like is the year they win the big 12. Um, yeah. just because Oklahoma is the team year after year that usually gets in their way. Yeah. And I could easily see him like losing bedlam and then coming back and winning. Good. You know, the game. It's going to be interesting. That happened. So, um, any final say. thoughts on the uh, the Big 12 Conference? Um, no, it should be fun. Um, it's really the last year before it kind of gets weird. Next year, if things hold still, there will be 14 teams um, in this conference. With the new additions, we'll kind of have a, a mix over a year with the new teams and uh, in Oklahoma and Texas. But it, it's fun as always. I think – we're going to see a little bit more offense this year uh, with some of the new quarterbacks in the league. Um, but it's, it's not short for storylines. So I think it's maybe the most intriguing conference maybe this year. Yeah. Control chaos. I hope the rest of the conferences are easier than having to pick these over unders and these <laughs> like conference champions. This was really, really difficult. So, all right. Well, I think next week we're going to tackle the PAC 12, which will be another really kind of interesting it's league as that yeah. league is completely in flux and, We'll see what happens. So, uh, Lucas on the road, doing the pot on the road. State travels back to Nashville. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Sounds good. Ooh,